And since it's Mother's Day, we wanted to uh, take a few moments this morning uh, to look at a passage of Scripture that highlights uh, the role and the impact of a woman. So we want to turn to a familiar passage. We want to look at Proverbs chapter number 31, and we're going to be reading verses 10 through 31. Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. And the scriptures declare, an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flask and works with willing hands. And she is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all of her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes, <clears throat> she makes bed coverings for herself, and her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and teaches of kindness, um, and kindness <clears throat> is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many Many women have done excellently, but she has surpassed them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Um, this morning, we want to uh, dive into a passage, and I want to preach from a very simple thought. A woman worthy of being celebrated. A woman worthy of being celebrated. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for um, this opportunity to focus on a topic and to focus on an issue that needs to be addressed from a biblical perspective. God, help us to see in your order and in your creation that women have value, that a woman's role is bigger than just having a baby. God, that there should not be competition between men and women. God, but help us to see how you are calling us to celebrate not just the wives, but all the women that you have placed in our life. God, thank you for this opportunity to preach. And I pray simply that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. God, you are my strength and you are my redeemer. It's in the strong name of Christ that I pray. Amen. Currently, we live in a day and time where there is an increased focus on the celebration of women. Historically, women have been 
underappreciated and undervalued in our culture. And since women have been so marginalized, there has been an effort to correct our culture. Uh, if you log onto the internet, if you sign on to a social media account, uh, if you turn on the TV, it is not hard to find a person or a group or organization that is focusing on celebrating women. And the more I have recognized this newfound focus, I found myself asking the question, what kind of woman should be celebrated? I'll say it again. I see the focus. I see the intention. I see the effort that is being placed. And I've gotten to a place where I'm asking myself the question, what specific kind of woman should be celebrated? And what kind of woman should be honored? What kind of woman should be highlighted? I need to say something important here because God's word teaches us a very important truth that sets the foundation for what we're going to talk about today. We are all created in the image and the likeness of God, which means that we all should be valued. Said it again. Since we are created in the likeness and image of God, we are all image bearers, which means that we all should be valued. And while we understand that people should be valued, we've got to ask ourselves the question, is it the same to value a woman? Is it the same to value a woman as it is to celebrate a woman? It is, 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 the, is it the same thing to celebrate a person when it comes to valuing a person? My brothers and my sisters, we must understand, we must accept that in this life that we're living, there is a significant difference between a person who is deserving of being celebrated versus being valued. We value everyone because they are created in the image of God, but we only celebrate those who are honoring God. We must understand that, yes, our culture has neglected women. Yes, we must admit in our culture we have undervalued women. We have marginalized women. We have been disrespectful to women. And while we have to correct that, we cannot allow, catch this, the pendulum to swing so far on the other side that we begin to celebrate any and everything. We cannot get to a place in our lives where we are so concerned about celebrating women that we celebrate sin. We cannot be so concerned about correcting an issue where we are now accepting issues that are in direct opposition to God's word. We cannot be so committed to women that we are less committed to God's standard. We cannot be so committed uh, to correcting a problem that we create greater problems in our culture. So yes, we are to value women because they are created in the likeness and the image of God, but we are only to celebrate those who are consistently walking with God and those who are consistently honoring God with their life. There's some here this morning who feel like every woman should be celebrated. Uh, you might not use, uh, well, let me say it this way. Let me, let me go to the opposite side first. There's some here this morning who feel like women should not be celebrated, especially in the church. You may not use those words, but you view women as second class and subservient to men. There are other people here this morning who feel like any and every woman should be celebrated, regardless of how they live, regardless of what they believe, regardless of how they respond. And if you find yourself in either one of those categories this morning, I want you to be very clear that you are in the right place. I am a man, and I want to be clear on this. I am a man, 
And I can say that there are some really, really sorry men in this world. There are some lazy men. There are some who do not need to be celebrated and they need to be held accountable. And I hope there are women here who are, I hope there is a group of women who are here today who can say the same thing. That we want to hold people accountable to God's standard and not our own. So if you find yourself in either camp this morning, if you're in the camp that does not want to celebrate women, if you're in the camp that thinks that you should celebrate all women, I'm thankful that we have a passage here today that's going to take us outside of our comfort zone. We have a passage here today that's going to allow us to have a conversation that moves us past what is comfortable and convenient. One of my favorite preachers says it this way. He says, it is the job of the preacher to afflict those who are comfortable and comfort those who are afflicted. As we look at the text this morning, as we look at the passage, as we look at what God has to say, when we think about the issue of celebrating women, we must begin by clearly understanding that the scriptures chronicle and also commend those who celebrate women. Catch this. The Bible literally commends those who do it. The Holy Scriptures, God's word, uh, God's infallible word tells us that we are to celebrate those who are worthy of a celebration. I want you to get the truth this morning. We get uncomfortable celebrating women, specifically in the church, not because the Bible wants us not to do it. We don't get uncomfortable about not celebrating women because the Bible tells us that women are second class or subservient, but we get uncomfortable celebrating women because when we read passages like Proverbs 31, it causes us to face the reality that many times we have ignored what God has told us to do. The issue this morning, the issue in our text is not whether or not a woman should be celebrated. The issue in the text is what kind of woman is God, has God identified that we should celebrate? When you think about that question, what kind of woman should be celebrated? Is it a woman with a certain kind of body type? Is it a woman with a certain kind of skin tone? Is it a certain ethnicity? Is, a, is it a woman who has a certain status of success? Is it only reserved for those who are married? Is it reserved for those who have kids? When you look at the text, the Bible does not have an issue with celebrating women, but it does personally tell us that when you are unwilling to, when you are unwilling to celebrate the right kind of woman, you are ignoring what the text has told you to do. That's why I love Proverbs 31, because it gives us a powerful and clear picture of the kind of woman that you and I should celebrate. If you're here this morning and you're looking for a model to follow, if you're looking for an example to learn from, if you're looking for a goal to aspire to, then Proverbs 31 is where we need to turn our attention. I love the text because when you look at it, it gives us five essential qualities or characteristics of a woman that is worthy of a celebration. And the first thing we see is a woman who is worthy of being celebrated leaves a godly legacy. Uh, Proverbs 31 verse number one says, the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him, an oracle, a lesson that his mother taught him. When the passage is usually preached, when this Proverbs 31 passage is usually shared from the pulpit, 
Usually, uh, most preachers, we start in verse number 10. But in our study this morning, we want to consider what is being said in verse number one. The passage is telling us that the mom has something to say, not just the father, but the mother also had something significant to say to her son. The book of Proverbs essentially uh, ends with a word from a mom. If you go back to chapter number one, you will clearly see that the book begins with a word of knowledge from a father, but the book ends with a word of knowledge from a mother. It's a, it's a principle here that the primary place of learning in life should take place at home, and for that to take place at home, you're going to need a mother and a father. Not just a mother, not just a father, but two parents who are committed to sharing truth with their children. Not just teachers, but parents. Not just preachers, but parents. Not just philosophers, but parents. Not just actors and singers and people who are famous, but the primary teachers of our children must always be their parents. I know we're I know this is Mother's Day, and I know you want to hear something warm and fuzzy, and we're going to get to that at the end. I promise you. I promise we're going to get to that. (laughs) But before we get there, I've got to say a word about teaching our kids. As a pastor of this church, I am fully committed to protecting our kids and creating an environment where they can learn about Jesus and where they can hear the gospel and where they can grow in their faith. But listening to the word and learning about the gospel cannot exclusively take place at 295 Tallahassee Road. If you, if you just, if you caught a ride here, 295 Tallahassee Road is the church. <laughs> Can't just take place here. As a church, we are here to support. We're here to supplement what is already taking place at home. As a church, we want to equip you, we want to empower you, But the truth of the matter is, you will not have an impact on your kids by accident. Tomorrow morning, you will not trip out of the bed and stumble into your kid's room and begin discipling them. It's got to be an intentional process where you cut the TV off, where you log off the internet, where you power down the iPad, where you move the cell phone out of their attention, and you are willing to spend some time in God's word with your children. As verse number one opens up, it is a reminder that she left a legacy of faith for her family. The text mentions a legacy of faith, and instead of skipping over that truth, we should be reminded that in God's redemptive story, there is an there overwhelming presence of women who made an impact for the kingdom of God. If you think about it, just, just, just for a second, what if Moses' mother hadn't hid him by the riverbank? What if Ruth had not been called for such a time as this? What if Mary had not been highly favored of the Lord? What if Timothy's mother and grandmother had not taught him the scriptures? What if Deborah had not been a judge? Like, what if the women had have just seen themselves as insignificant? What if the women had have just checked out and not been a part of what God wanted to accomplish in redemptive history? And when you think about it from that perspective, we not only see that women in the scriptures uh, saved lives, they gave life, but they also left a wonderful legacy of faith that we can learn from. I know we're not to our part of application yet, but, but at this point, it's important for us to ask ourselves, what kind of legacy am I leaving? Male or female, young or old, black or white, rich or poor, uneducated or educated, what kind of legacy am I leaving with my life? 
Not what do I want to leave or what do I hope to leave. If, if life were to end today, what kind of legacy would my life leave? There's a question that we all need to consider because in the text we see a woman who left a godly legacy. So first, she leaves a godly legacy, but also I love it because she gives or provides accountability. She provides godly accountability. Verse 26 says, she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. To be celebrated requires that she would be willing to leave something behind, a legacy, but also to be celebrated, she had to be willing to say something now. When she spoke, she had words of wisdom to offer. When she opened up her mouth, she had something wise to say. What came out of her mouth was not idle talk or filthiness or lying and cussing and fussing. What came out of her mouth was the application of biblical truth. Wisdom has been described as the ability to apply truth to life. It is the ability to communicate what God has said in practical ways. And the text is giving us a model and a reminder that a woman who is worthy of a celebration is a woman who is willing to place practical truth or or godly eternal truth in a practical way so they can be applied to our lives. Are you that kind of woman? Do you celebrate that kind of woman? In our culture, we want to celebrate those uh, who have a lot of followers, those who make a lot of money, those who have a lot of degrees and credentials. But the text is telling us that that the one who needs to be celebrated is, is one who is committed to the application of spiritual truth in practical ways. The one who is worthy of of a celebration is is one who has the right word at the right time in real situation and who is unafraid to share that truth. Spiritual truth in practical ways is something that we all need to experience in our lives. Not just those who repeat gossip, not just those who tell us what we want to hear, but we need to hear the truth that God has for us. That's true for what we want to be, but that's also true for what we need to be surrounded by. It's one thing for me to say, yes, I'm to a place in my life where I have wisdom, but secondly, uh, the circles that I run in, is it a circle of wisdom? The people who give me responses, the people who chime in, the people who speak into my life, are they speaking into my life from a place of wisdom? Are they speaking into my life in a place where I can have practical application of God's truth? That's, that's, that's something that's needed not just for women or not just for mothers, but it's needed for every single person under the sound of my voice, including the person who's speaking this morning. When you look at it, this kind of person is rare because we live in a culture and a time where we don't want to offend people. We, we, we fall into two categories. We, we, we're the super offensive, unconcerned people who just say something stupid, or we are too concerned with pleasing people that we are not willing to tell them the truth. It's rare because it's hard to speak truth and love. It's hard because I don't want to offend people. I don't want to lose relationships. I don't want to be branded as the Jesus freak or the Bible thumper. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but here's the truth. In a moment of weakness, in a moment of struggle, I need the application of God's word in my life. Not a pat on the back, not what I want to hear, but I need someone to speak truth. This kind of woman is rare because this kind of woman will help you obey God and serve God. This kind of woman will help you hear from the Lord. This kind of woman is going to help you draw closer to who God has called you to be. So first, she leaves a godly legacy. 
Secondly, she provides godly accountability. But third, she serves with consistency. Verse 14 says, she is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her, her arm strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. The passage is communicating that she is resourceful. The idea is that she is not lazy and idle. Uh, she is not a person who's living for excitement or pleasure or the next, next best thing, but she's living her life based upon the purposes of God. She's living her life based upon what is most important. When you think about Proverbs 31, 13, when it says she seeks wool and flask and works with a willing hand, this woman is loyal, but she's also willing not to be lazy. She's willing to grind. She's willing to serve. She's not a lazy person. She is a laborer because she is willing to faithfully use her gifts. Catch this, not to compete with her husband, but to complement her home. When you think about it from that perspective, she is willing to work, not by coercion or compulsion, but she's willing to work because of her compassion for her family. She's consistent because with the same effort that she works inside the house, she's willing to work outside the house. Uh, she's consistent because the same respect and honor that she is re- revealing inside of her home is the same respect and honor that she receives outside of her home. She's not one person at church and another person at home. She's not one person in the marketplace and another person at home. She's consistently who God has called her to be. She leaves a legacy that is godly. She provides accountability She serves with consistency, and fourthly, she models modesty. Verse 23 says, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. The scripture says that her husband is known in the gates, not because she's unfaithful, not because she is quarrelsome. His hus- her husband is known because she is faithful at home. It's important for us to remember that, that God gives a man and a woman different roles, but both roles are extremely valuable. I cannot, I cannot diminish my wife's role because her role is different than mine, and she cannot diminish the role that God has given me because it's different from hers. But we've got to understand that both of us have a role that complements one another. The more I operate in my role, the more she's blessed in her role. And the more she is willing to operate in her role, the more I am blessed as her husband in my role. The text tells us that she is dressed with dignity and honor. It's a picture of her not simply being beautiful on the outside, but also being beautiful on the inside. She's beautiful on the outside, which is important, but beauty on the outside is fading away. She's beautiful on the inside, which is more important because that increases over time. She leaves a godly legacy. She provides accountability. She serves with consistency. She models modesty. And fifthly, she embraces a godly identity. Verse 27 says, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. 
Many have done excellently, but you have surpassed them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. A woman who fears the Lord, when we say fear, it is a reverence for God, is one who we should celebrate. If there's a secret to her life, it is in her relationship with God. She's willing to obey God. She's willing to honor God. Her beauty is within, but it's also uh, evident to the world to see. And when you look at the text, it's saying when you find a woman like this, when you find a woman who fears the Lord, when you find a woman who is faithful in her home, when you find a woman who is faithful outside of her home, the text tells us that this is the kind of woman that we should celebrate. What the text is communicating is everyone sees her value, but catch this, the world is willing to recognize and celebrate her value. Uh, it's, it's so important for us to say that we should not reserve the second Sunday of May to celebrate the women in our life. Because the women in our life don't just check in once a year. I would say that they check in every day of the year. They work overtime because they are willing to be faithful in their homes. We must move past simply celebrating a holiday to celebrate those who are important to us every day. I've come to learn that what keeps women encouraged and what keeps them strengthened is to know that they are valued by God, but also that they are appreciated by the people that they're serving. I thought about this the other day. What if I, what if Avita only cooked as often as I celebrated her? We would starve. What if she only cleaned as often, as often as I celebrate her? Our house would probably look like an episode of Hoarders. <laughs> like, what if she only washed clothes as often as I celebrated her? We wouldn't have anything to wear. We should move to a place where we are willing to acknowledge them, not just on Mother's Day or their birthday or Valentine's Day, but as often as we can because the scripture tells us let her works praise her. It is communicating that we should make a big deal about what she has done. What we often fail is we take the women in our life for granted and we act as if they are supposed to do it. Um, a preacher tells a story about a little um, a man who was going through uh, some wedding photos with his little girl, and the father was so proud to look back at the pictures, and he thought it was going to give him an opportunity to speak about uh, the wedding covenant, and he thought it was going to give him an opportunity to tell the story about how his one day, about, about how his daughter one day will be given away. And in the midst of uh, looking through the photos, um, the little girl says, Daddy, is this the day that you got mom to come work for you? <laughs> Another story. Another dad was explaining the issue of slavery to his kids. And as he was explaining slavery, one of the kids says, oh, I get it, daddy. That's what mommy is. I say those two things to catch your attention because if we're not careful, if we're not intentional, we will operate in a way 
that allows the world to see a wife or a woman as something subservient to a man. I've gotten to a place where I've had to learn that a godly woman does not mind serving, but we must remember that while she's serving, while she's grinding, while she's working, Satan is going to try to tear her down and discourage her. And while Satan is throwing darts at her, knowing that she is valued and appreciated keeps her heart protected. And as brothers, we must celebrate and praise our wives, but also all the women in our lives, so much so that they are loved, that they are respected, but most importantly, that their hearts are protected. Psalm 34 verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The scriptures encourage us to bless the Lord at all times. And when we think about the issue of blessing the Lord at all times, we don't bless the Lord at all times because we've gotten used to the Lord. I don't praise God the way I ought because God has gotten familiar. I don't easily allow God to be in his proper place in my life because I've gotten to a place where I assume and expect God to work, where I I unfortunately take God for granted in my life. The same is true many times with our spouses. The same is true many times with our mothers. The same is true even on the other side with our husbands. The reality of it is we don't praise the gifts that God has given us, our spouse, because many times we are too familiar with our spouse. Personally, when I get to a place where I think it's her job or this is what she's supposed to do or This is what she's called to do. And when I'm unwilling to recognize the tremendous gift that she is in my life, then I stop praising her for who she is, for what she's done, and all that she's doing for our family. I'll close with this illustration and I'll be done. Chris, you can come on back up. Man was headed to a uh, floral shop. He wanted to get his uh, wife uh, something for Mother's Day. And uh, he wasn't too familiar with uh, flowers. And when he got in uh, to, the, to the florist, uh, he asked um, what was for sale. The owner told him that there were some carnations. And he said, I can sell you a dozen of carnations for $3. The man looked across the room and he saw some roses and asked the, asked the owner, well, how much are the roses? Um, the owner responded by saying, well, the roses are $3 a piece. The man asked the question, he said, well, why are... The carnations, $3 for a dozen, but the roses are $3 a piece. The owner responded by saying, I want you to go over there and why don't you smell the carnations? The man went over and smelled the the carnations and honestly, he was not that impressed. Then the owner says, why don't you go over there and smell the roses? And he walked over and he smelled the roses and his nostrils were full with that beautiful aroma. Then the owner says, I can sell you the carnations for cheap because they don't have anything valuable. They don't have anything long-lasting. I can sell them to you because, honestly, I can get them very easily. He says, I got to sell you the roses for a whole lot more because they're valuable. And he says, long after the rose is dead, the petals of the rose will leave a scent and aroma that will be a blessing to your life. I really do believe that that's how we should value women. Not just the married women, not just the women who 
um, have children, but every woman should be looked at like that rose. So here are questions for application, and I'm done today. For all of us, all of us in the room, we've got to ask ourselves, do we value women? Or do we just see women as second-class Christians? Do we see them as just subservient to men? Because the truth is, male and female are equal. We are both created in the image of God, which means we have a responsibility to value both men and women. Secondly, question for everybody. Are we celebrating the right kind of woman? I'm not going to take any shots today because it's Mother's Day. But if you were to log on, I believe that our culture has allowed the pendulum to swing too far. So much so that now we celebrate sin, we celebrate unrighteousness, we celebrate mindsets and, and ideas that are hostile to God. And yes, while we are called to celebrate women, I want to challenge you to celebrate the right kind of woman. Thirdly, question for the ladies. Are you aspiring to be the right kind of woman? The world is telling you, be a boss, be a mogul, be this, be that, do your own thing, don't listen to your husband. It's not what God's called you to. And if we're not careful, we're going to allow the world standard to creep into our minds and we can begin to blend what the scripture says with what the world says and I can create this hybrid in my mind of what I'm called to be. I want to challenge you to aspire to be the right kind of woman. For the married men, question, are we intentionally investing in our wives so that they can become the right kind of woman? Part of my responsibility as a husband is to be a priest to help my wife grow closer to Jesus, to help my, my wife grow, grow closer to the Lord. So rather than pointing out her issues and telling her how she needs to change, am I practically leading her to be more like Jesus? Am I investing in her so she can be the woman that God's called her to be? Single men. Are we patiently waiting for the right kind of woman? I hope that this message, I, I wanted to be encouraging to the mothers in the room. I'm so thankful for you guys, but I don't want us to leave here just thinking about, you know what? I need to call my mom and say thank you. I need to take my wife to dinner. But I want us to leave here thinking about what I am valuing like, what model am I pursuing? What am I celebrating? Because that's applicable 365 days of the year. Mother's Day is one time a year. You, you'll think about it next year, probably on the day before Mother's Day. <laughs> but I want you to think about God's design and God's value and God identifying what we should celebrate every day of your life because that, my brothers and sisters, 
calls us, causes us to be in a place where we are worshiping God and loving others well. You pray for us. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to get into your word. Thank you for blessing us with the truth that can only be found in your word. God, I do pray that this would be a wonderful and restful day for all the ladies of our church. God, but I pray also that what you shared with us will be something that will cause us to wrestle with what we value and what we celebrate. God, I'm specifically asking that you would help all of us to be more committed to valuing people because people are created in your image. But I'm also asking you, Lord, to help us to celebrate those who are worthy of a celebration. Those who are obedient to your word. Those who serve in humility. Those who are patient. Those who are loving and kind. Those who put others before themselves. Those who are concerned about the poor. Those who are willing to give words of wisdom and willing to speak truth and love. Help us to fight celebrating what we want or celebrating what we feel is comfortable. And help us, Lord, to get to a place where we are willing to celebrate in a way that ultimately celebrates you. We love you, Father, and we commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen.